You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Thank you again for joining us this week. And on today's show, we have Scott Deans, founder and CEO of B1 Sports, joining us live here in H-Town, Houston, Texas. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks, Thomas. Happy to be here. So today we're going to talk a lot about NIL. Um, so probably a pretty good place to start is introducing yourself, your background, and then we're going to dive into, I guess, what is NIL for our international uh, listeners, and then for our local US listeners, uh, diving a little bit deeper to understand the impact it's having on sports. But first of all, Scott, if you give you give a bit of an introduction to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Scott Deans, I'm uh, 45 years old. I'm an old entrepreneur, uh, as they say, but... Uh, originally from California and grew up on a boat uh, in the San Francisco Bay. So I had a very interesting childhood. The The reason I bring that up is it sort of um, forced me into creativity as a young age. And so my career has really been uh, focused in design, uh, critical thinking, systems creation, and things like that. So went to um, Portland State University on a scholarship to play football and ultimately became an architect and then moved into energy, became a a kind of global leader in performance management, data analytics uh, for an energy company, and then uh, converged all these things into B1 Sports, which is my passion around uh, sports and the power of sports and the power uh, that you can bring to, to young people around the world. Um, and NIL became a big part of that, which, uh, we're excited about. Yeah. So for those that don't know, and I think it's, it's still a good refresher. I think a lot of listeners who are not intimately involved in say college athletics, even from the U S would know what NIL is in a broad sense in terms of name, image, likeness, the ability for student athletes, as they're called, um, somewhat anachronistically in student and athlete, uh, being paid. But anyway, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Uh, can you give a little bit of an overview on what is NIL? What what has the changes been legally? Where's that come from? Yeah. Where are we now? Yeah, definitely. So, as you mentioned, name, image, and likeness. Um, most of the world probably thinks that it's only a year and a half old, but in reality, it was first developed by uh, some football players from Northwestern, and this was years and years ago that they were sort of pushing for the fact that college athletes should be uh, paid in some regard because of their skill sets, because of their um, interest from the population coming to sports uh, facilities, sports games, etc. But the big change was that the NCAA and ultimately legislation was changed to allow student-athletes to um, earn money or have an income based on their name, image, and likeness. So what you've seen over the past year and a half are brands and companies using athlete influencers to help promote or endorse or sponsor their brand. Um, and it's, you know, it's been called the Wild West because whether you're a school or a state or the NCAA, everybody is sort of trying to figure out the best solution for controlling, managing, and ultimately protecting student-athletes in this new kind of commercial viability. Um, I can't say that there's a perfect solution yet. Um, We, as a company, are trying to work within all of the different parameters that are in place. 
But name image likeness, yeah, has really taken the NCAA and particularly collegiate sports um, by storm. And personally, I think it's fantastic to have another channel for student athletes to earn income. Um, They get to finally monetize all the blood, sweat, and tears in order to become a student athlete at that level they now get to to sort of see the the return and not have to wait until they get to the professional ranks to actually make some money. Um, so yeah, it's a it's an evolving space for sure. <laughs> um, and there's lots of expertise around which you know we'll know there are experts out there that know much more than I do, but I and I'm in the learning curve as well. Yeah. And so for example, I mean NIL um, name, image, and likeness. Some examples of that are, say, a jersey with your name on the back. So Texas can now go out and sell a Manning jersey um, and make a lot of money from that. But then part of that can be passed on to the student. Or also, say, a student appears and endorses a product either on social media, which is the big one, and, and how a lot of the value is being worked out for these students is, is basically what is your social media following. Um, or in person, you know, you turn up at a, the, the classic one is to an athlete turning up at a car dealership or something like that and signing autographs, but getting paid for that, where that was very common in the professional realms, where in college due to NCAA rules, uh, you would be basically lose your college eligibility. The school would probably be fined as well. There would be a whole bunch of sanctions taken out against you. That's now changed. So that's, as you said, opening up this new world of commercialization and athletes really realizing their worth in in the same way that, you know, professional athletes are. And also if you look at the scale of a lot of these um, collegiate programs in terms of the revenue that they generate, the viewership they generate, um, it's akin to most professional leagues, especially in the, the size of the market in the US. You take that over um, to say, I don't know, the UK, um, the size of these uh, kind of college programs are similar to tier two national competitions in, say, Europe, for instance. Yep. So, I mean, that's 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 all scene setting. But but what we're going to dive into today today is how technology is helping athletes realize that upside. So, mm-hmm. can you share a little bit about, I guess, B One Sports, what you're doing there, and yeah. the role that technology plays in that? Yeah. So, I think first off the uh, change in NIL was really an enabler to our technology solution. Uh, so for so for those of us those of us out there that don't know what we're doing, we're essentially digitizing all the accomplished athletes on the planet in order to train it forward for the next generation. So what that means is, <clears throat> if you have a professional athlete or a college athlete who has essentially gotten to that level because of their skill then we are now able to capture that and other younger athletes can now learn from it. And they're doing it in concert with things like computer vision and for us, what we call comparative training. So comparative training is based on the concept that there's always somebody out there that's better than you and that you can systematically learn from those folks if they're in the platform. Uh, And the really neat thing about that is accessibility. So now, regardless of where you are, uh, what region or what part of the world you're in, 
you can gain access to some of the greatest talent on the planet and do it in a standardized and systematic way through, through our technology solution. Um, I think the, the other thing to mention that is, is really exciting for us is we're creating a 100% equitable opportunity in NIL. So you don't have to be the elite or even the <clears throat> popular athlete. <clears throat> you, you could essentially be um, a, a backup or someone who isn't even getting out onto the field generating stats or generating notoriety on TV or whatever because you're already at a high level. So there are so many young athletes out there who will learn from you. And that's why we're, we're seeing such a positive uptake on our opportunity, whether you're NAIA, Division three, two, one, or your blue chip level, <clears throat> uh, the opportunity is the same. And then what we do in the, in the app is basically create tiers so that it's a responsible solution for developing athletes. So what that means is if you're a 13-year-old or a 12-year-old and you want to become a quarterback, well, you probably shouldn't be training to Anthony Richardson yeah. or you know some elite-level athlete. Um, but you could be training to the freshman in college or the sophomore in college, right? So we try to focus on the development cycle of athletes and then provide the closest match to both their body dimensions, anthropomorphic dimensions, but also their skill set. Yep. Yep. Speed, strength, endurance, flex- flexibility, all of those things. Yeah. Fantastic. So it's it's and using computer vision to to track the movements when they're going through. Say it's a quarterback, the throwing motion, you know, setting their feet and then throwing. Obviously, if you get a I don't know, as a Texans fan, CJ Stroud coming through, um, you know, number two in the draft. Um, what is he like six one, however many pounds, like you know, an absolute unit, and then you go, well, I'm a 12-year-old and I'm a squatty little thing and I'm yeah. just trying to learn the basics, then probably like tracking what he's doing, as you said, isn't going to have the most relevance, but you want to work up to that. So it, it, yeah. it's finding a pathway there and matching the opportunity. And I think that's really cool with technology and the computer vision is that you can match the f- uh, physiology as well. That's right. So kind of use that technology to, to dial in and, and capture that. And it... Also, the big thing for me is democratizing access. So that's something that technology enables, especially with iPhone or iOS apps or smartphone apps, is that you can do that anywhere with anyone and the barrier to entry is is incredibly low rather than what it was with mocap and and things like that. You know, you've got to have, sorry, mocap meaning motion capture, the traditional thing, thing you see dots on everyone and like all that kind of stuff is expensive, cumbersome, Whereas this you can do from anywhere for anyone. That's right. Yeah, that and that's the really a big piece behind the, the strategy on the company, which is building on-field artificial intelligence. And if it's on-field and it's meant to be valuable <clears throat> in the moment you need it, you don't have the time to be putting on apparatus or wearable sensors, setting up certain cameras and all this. It has to be fast. It has to be accessible. And, you know, sometimes in order to achieve that goal, it means simplifying. And so we're simplifying. Um, We're we're not going to create a technology that tells you your 
arm hair follicles at the moment of swinging or, you know, we're not tracking the spin of the golf ball. We're not able to see, you know, military grade radar type of technology. And quite frankly, it's because I don't believe athletes and coaches need all that. Um, They do maybe at the elite level at the 1%, but we're designing for the 99%. And uh, we think there's a really huge impact we can have with that. Um, Even if you're just a young athlete trying to make the high school team, you know, you have no aspirations for a college scholarship. You don't plan on going to the pros or anything. You just want to make the team. (laughs) So this is a solution that designed for athletes, coaches, and parents around the world. Right. And, and so we were talking before this about the concept of not having verticals like sports, but focusing on human movement. I mean, obviously, the name of the podcast, Sports Tech Feed, and, and our, our particular um, kind of passion point and interest area is on sports. But can you share a little bit more about that kind of concept yeah. of, of human movement over, say, a vertical? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was really in the beginning in, in learning all about the sports tech industry. So what we had learned is basically the history shows us that sports tech really like to develop in in verticals. So you might develop a solution for baseball because the founder or the um, relationships they've built is based in baseball or it's based in football. What we've done that's a little bit different is design a system that cuts laterally across any vertical. Football, baseball, basketball, bowling, cricket, it's all the same exact thing to us. Um, Now, we build relationships and expertise in each vertical so that when we're offering coaching tips or we're automating coaching opportunity, it comes from experts in the field, right? And that's why we have so many athletes coming in via NIL. They become the experts, So if you have an NFL wide receiver in your platform, guess what? They're really good at knowing how to train the next generation in in becoming a great wide receiver. So it allows us to automate and 100% automation in our solution is again going to the concept of globalizing access. It has to be fast. It, It can't be something where you upload a video or upload some solution, wait a day or two for an analytics or wait a day or two on an expert's advice and then it comes back to you. It's over. You've already lost lost the customer in my, my opinion. So <clears throat> yeah, we're designing a solution that is supposed to work across all verticals where humans are moving. <laughs> and so that's a really large market. Yeah. Um, and we're just happen to be playing in sports right now, traditional, non-traditional sports. However, there's secondary markets and tertiary markets like sports medicine, injury prevention, physical therapy, occupational therapy. And we're already working with um, experts in those fields to explore the application. Um, and then, you know, when you start to think about it and you back way out to, wow, this could work for wherever humans are moving. Well, you can build comparative training models for really anything. Um, everything from equestrian to, you know, the loading dock at UPS to make those humans have proper form and technique. And now you start finding that this is really just applicable uh, in so many ways. And we, we just need to um, 
tell everybody about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that's something when we advise startups, we, we go, well, what is your what is your addressable market and thinking about sports as an incredible test bed and innovation sandpit is the way that we think, where you can develop amazing solutions, you can develop amazing technology, you can get buy-in, you can get users, you can get attention, um, and you have that kind of sexy, fun appeal of sports, but then growing a business over the next however many years, obviously not in the, in the immediate future, but a long-term kind of value of the business, how can you then branch out into other industries? And, and so, I mean, the, the most obvious one with anything to do with human performance is allied health, um, healthcare, that kind yeah. of, that <laughs> stuff where it's, it's on the fringe. How do you help take care of an aging population? How do you take care of uh, people that are rehabbing back to where they want to be, whether that's a workplace, whether that's just, you know, being able to pick up their kids yeah. Whatever that is, I think there's there's a lot sports have to do that, and we see successful companies that be able to do that transition. One that comes to mind is the Australian company Vald, um, starting kind of the elite side, um, sports performance, and now they've got a whole kind of health allied health area. So, yeah, yeah. it's fascinating to see that transition, and it and it's great to hear you kind of I, I guess verbalise that. Well, moving on to kind of that technology side, like what's next in in terms of tech is it or is it a, something that the tech has reached the point it needs to and then now it's just scaling the opportunity no i think i think computer vision is a is a very young technology um obviously we've seen the, the sports tech industry sort of dominated by wearables and sensors and biomechanics gps all of those sorts of things which are fantastic and i think what we're seeing and what we're building is a complementer to all of that stuff um you know, knowing uh, VO2 max, heart rate, blood flow, all of those things at the precise moment in an, in an athlete's journey or in, a, in an action is fantastic. But what if we could also tie or correlate body mechanics, form and technique at that exact same moment, right? You start to generate insight that, that kind of has never been done. And so... I'm hoping at some point we get to work with Catapult or Stat Sports or any of these other companies out there who are interested in converging uh, technologies together in order to find collaborative IP or um, performance insights. And I think the technology in terms of computer vision <clears throat> is is growing rapidly, right? So pose estimation um, has been around for a long time. In fact, I think some of the open source from Google has has spawned so much innovation. It's just fantastic. What we're doing and is building layers and layers on top of that, features and features on top of that base technology in order to make it faster, simpler, more systematic. Um, and there are, there are things like, um, there are challenges in the technology like occlusion, and occlusion is basically just the computer, the camera, the vision, can't see a joint if it's hidden. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically calculating or estimating where it might be, but it's, it's often wrong. It may jump and what we call jitter, but there are solutions to get around that. And there's, there's, in fact, there's data science solutions to get around that, which we've developed and are deploying. And what we're finding is the machine learning aspect of it this is just the beginning, right? We're, we're collecting, we're almost at a petabyte of data now. And we've only been at this for seven or eight months. 
we have so much data on human movement that we could now start generating completely new data-driven insight, completely objective, no subjectivity, coaching experience, athletic experience, nothing. This is just pure data and movement. And it's now generating correlation significance. It's generating these metrics and these statistics that we've probably never seen in, in performance. And that's what's really exciting is like every new athlete we work with, every new video, every new um, recorded moment is data in our kind of big data journey. Yeah. And that is what I think we're going to see the ceiling is just continuously lifting for years to come on what we're doing with that data and the, the type of insight we're generating with it. Yeah, great. I mean, that that kind of Moore's law in terms of uh, what we've surpassed with AI and ML um, and applying that to the existing the existing physical infrastructure in terms of camera qualities are, are improving, batteries are improving on, on phones, all that kind of stuff that's, that's enabling that, but then it's all the data processing that goes along with it. Yeah. Um, obviously, also... 5G um, in terms of processing speeds, being able to do this remotely, that's all this kind of convergence of these new or now mainstream technology. 5G has been a thing for the last decade in terms of like what it's or what it feels like last decade, but what it's actually going to realise. And then certainly in the US, it's starting to hit that um, that point that it is, uh, yeah, is, is realising the promise, I guess, kind of meeting right. that potential. Yeah. Uh, it, well, and you're right, the, the convergence of all technology solutions are enabling things like this, right? So we, we have a goal to create global positivity through this solution. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, I, I always I often think of there's some, there's some kid on the beaches of Fiji or Hawaii or something, completely remote, you would think, but they're running a 4240 or they're, you know, blasting the football or whatever. And there's just never been an, a channel to tell the NCAA about that in a systematic way. So now through this is we're trying to design the solution such that those kids out there around the world that don't have access or the resources or the channel, they are now training in the exact same way as the kids who are training at camp at Alabama, at Georgia, at Kentucky, wherever. And so the goal here is that we're generating systematic data for performance capability and building a game around it, making it fun, like letting people enjoy the process of training, enjoy the process of increasing their performance, and then being able to share it in a way that is not only um, uh, commercially viable because athletes around the world can now help train and learn, uh, but you can now use that data to get to the next level. And we win as a company when a kid gets a scholarship that otherwise had no chance at, at getting one. Uh, that's a win for us. And then they come back on the platform, earn a bit of NIL money and train the next <laughs> yeah, generation. That's yeah, right. That's right. Or they, you know, they, they get the scholarship and then they become an NIL athlete and then they train some more athletes and then, you know, it's just this this pipeline, this kind of constant uh, generation of positive positive movement through sports.
Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Before I let you go, I've got to ask you a question that we ask all of our guests, which is what is your favourite sporting moment of all time? Oh, well, like I said, I grew up in San Francisco, so I'm a diehard 49er fan. And I've got to go with Joe Montana's 52-second, was it 89 yards or 92-yard um, march down the field to win the Super Bowl. That, to me, I was at a – I was I don't know, I think I was probably 11 or 12. I don't know, something. But that, that definitely has stuck in my mind for a long time. Um, and so, yeah. I'd have to go with the 49er moment. There you go. Joe Montana, he was out supporting the uh, Golden State last night. Oh, was he? Yep, yep. They just they rang around all the 49ers. Kittle was there and a few others. Oh, um, well, somebody connect me with Joe. we got to get him <laughs> yeah. digitized in the yeah, platform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm sure he'd yeah. loosen up the shoulder and um, <laughs> yeah. share a few techniques. So thanks so much, Scott, for your time. Uh, we'll share in the show notes a little bit about uh, more about B1 Sports and I guess for any athletes or people working out there, um, get in touch. And that's that's probably the final, final question, but how, what are you looking for in terms of partnerships, collaborations, anything else, if there's someone listening that can help? Yeah, so we're, we're partnering right now with organizations, with teams, uh, with coaches, and with athletes and parents. So we have a, a B2B all the way to B2C model. And yeah, we just want people who are excited about the mission. And uh, through this development stage, we're we're really um, able to offer the technology at a very accessible and affordable price. So um, yeah, stay tuned for that. We're going to launch the app here in about three to four weeks. So um, yeah, hope it, hoping to um, get everybody excited. Great. Thanks, Scott. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.